Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. G-I-F on Sports Daily. It is the week-ending edition of the program today. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you for the next couple of hours as we make our way through today and look ahead to the weekend. Always a big college basketball weekend this time of the year. Uh, excited about uh, being here today and getting into the weekend and coming down the home stretch now of basketball season. We had a big shocker win last night, one of the better wins of the season for them. We'll get into here uh, early on in the program. We'll look ahead to KU and K-State this weekend. Uh, other news and notes happening today, Travis Kelsey, going to be a part of Saturday Night Live. Alvin Kamara, a guy who played junior college football right here, is in trouble. And we'll talk more about the turf, the grass at the uh, Super Bowl. We'll do all of that on the show today and take your calls, 869-1240. You can find us on social media. Uh, We're easy to find on Twitter is the place where we probably react uh, and interact with you the quickest. Chad Chambers producing for us. Glad to be here, everybody. Tommy, how are you on this Friday? I'm glad it's almost the weekend. Looking forward to getting into it today and uh, talking about Shocker basketball, looking ahead to the Big 12 schedule this weekend. So uh, we've got a lot to get to today. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun one. We've got uh, all kinds of good stuff coming up for you. And let's start with the Shockers, Tommy. Last night, big winners, Jaquan Walton, continues to lead the way offensively. They win on the road. Uh, they beat a good team. They beat a good team when their most important player got into early foul trouble. They shot the ball well. And they continue to play really, really well on the road. It's it's crazy with what we know about college basketball and how difficult it is to win on the road that Wichita State continues to win their games on the road but struggle at home. And where it looked like in this game, Tommy, that Wichita State might blow another halftime lead, they came in, went on a 21-3 to run to finish the game, slammed the door shut, Got a win over Temple, puts Temple within reach in the conference standings now, just a game back. Uh, that's, that's you know, great win for Wichita State. It is, and, and I've thought about this ever since the Shockers won last night. What is it about this team where they can win on the road, but they can't win at home? And uh, this season would be significantly different, and the outlook would be significantly different if we were talking about 
the Shockers, even being 500 at home in conference play, they're what, one in five, I think, or one in six at home in conference play. It's not good uh, for Wichita State. And, and the, now the outlook two would be, wins at home. They beat that's right, two, they had that's the Super right. Bowl Sunday SMU. Right. Win, yeah. That's so two and five then uh, at home in conference play. The season would be significantly different if there were even more, a couple more, a couple more home wins in conference play for the Shockers team. And it makes me wonder what is it about this team where they can win on the road but not at home? Is it an expectations or pressure thing playing in front of the home fan base? I don't exactly know what the answer is to that question. Uh, and of course, the, you know they looked good at in long stretches in this game last night. And it just made me ask the question, what if? What if they hadn't blown a lead at home to Houston? What if they had beaten teams at home that they were supposed to beat? Uh, a couple of the non-conference games that we've talked about, holding leads against uh, you know those, those teams. Um, it makes me ask the question, what if? You know, I look at this, and, and I, of course, when we talk about Wichita State now, um, I, I do still think this is a fun team to watch because I know that <clears throat> we've seen in various points of just about every game they've played, right, they've been ahead or or been playing well enough to win games outside of what, maybe Memphis, who they get a shot at uh, back home on Thursday. They, they get a full week to prepare for that game. I, I all, I'm always thinking about the future with Wichita State and what happens. And, you know, the, the UCF loss at home stung so hard. Had that game not been there, they'd be on a four-game win streak right now, you know? Yeah. And – and that's coming out of a game against Houston where you felt good even in the loss, and then it turns into a you know maybe a a, a what would it be then a five and two stretch with one of those losses against Houston like it, it's right there for them and I think that's what's so hard and I go back to our conversation earlier this week with Kevin Saul and I I feel like it's such an up and down emotional ride because you can see. You know, what could be there? And and when he says, like, it's a full season evaluation, I, I legitimately think that's fair because let's just create a scenario here, Tommy, where what if I told you the Shockers, at you know, at the end of the year were 17 and 13 and fourth place in the AAC? How would you feel about that? Uh, you know, of course, when you're comparing – records from a year ago to now that's an improvement right uh but i don't know if it's as big of an improvement as the fan base would want but i think that you know the results are the thing that matters right and you uh if you're just taking the record at face value it's an improvement it's hard because i think that that's not a bad season right they were picked seventh they exceeded expectations they were at the top of the league you know and 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 honestly in that scenario well they exceeded was... national expectations but right that's right right, the right, right 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 not so exceeding I mean. the fan yeah, yeah, base's yeah. expectations. That's what I mean. And if you, you know, if you look at the next year's conference and take them out and then you take out Houston's, you know, they would be in good position in the AAC and and that's why I always say and I've said this a billion times on this show, you got to be careful what you wish for because you got to make sure you get it right in the aftermath, right? It can certainly get worse. And I think the bigger issue for me is because I'm I'm totally willing to see how good this particular team can be to make an evaluation after the season. As hard as that is sometimes after, you know, blown leads and things like that. But I think this team, I mean, is anybody going to sit here and tell you this team isn't way better than it was when the season started? Because you'd be crazy to say that. They, of course they are. And and that's important. But what what really 
gets me right now and makes me when I think about the long-term future of Wichita State, I I think about top 25 recruiting classes because they have the ability in the NIL world to do that. The Shockers don't have anybody signed for next year. They don't have any players signed, any recruits. Now, you know, there's this team was largely constructed through the transfer portal, right? And that is a path now. I, I don't know how... You know, I don't know how comfortable we are living and dying by that every single year, but teams are doing it, right? Texas Tech's doing it, and 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 it's you know it's a path that people are taking, and I don't Kansas know. Kansas State is doing it right now, right? Kansas State brought a couple guys back, and Kansas, but Kansas State did it this year out of necessity, not out of desire. I think they'd like to blend it, and they have a really nice recruiting class coming in next year. Uh, they had to do it one time. Wichita State did it one time, and they still don't have anybody signed, right? Colby Rogers, you know, you assume will come back because he can't really transfer again. That's why he's not playing now. That'll be a nice piece. But Craig Porter, we assume, will be gone just because of his classification, right? Um, Gus Okafor, James Rojas, uh, Isaiah Porbear Chandler. You know, if if you can tell me right now that all of these players are coming back, if J- that Jaquan Walton, who's become a star here lately, is coming back, and, you know, Jerome Pierre and... All of these guys are coming back with Colby Rogers and Kenny Poto next year and and then whatever else they can add through the transfer portal. You know, I, I, I would probably be okay with that coming into next year because I think that has a chance to compete in the AAC if Houston and Cincinnati are gone. But based on what we've seen, not just in the last few years with Isaac Brown, but going back to Greg Marshall, I think it's silly to expect all those guys to come back because we just haven't seen it lately. So I don't know. And and that's where I go back to, and as frustrating as it is, and I think Kevin Saul's right. I think you have to wait until this thing plays itself out and do exit interviews and see, like, does this staff have all these guys coming back? Um, what are they planning on bringing in through the portal? Because the, the recruiting... Like, there, there aren't any players signed, and, th- and that there's not no. going to go all of a sudden be big-time recruits. I mean, maybe you can, you can snag a three-star somewhere, but, like, it's going to have to be done through the portal. And I don't know how you evaluate that until it happens. Well, and, and I think that in those exit interviews, if it, it turns out that the philosophies are different moving forward between Kevin Saul and Isaac Brown, then that can be a, a part in it. Um, you know, or if they're aligned on the same page or if, you know, Kevin Saul feels like Isaac Brown has a solid plan moving forward, then that can play into it as well. I, I understand. And look, like I, I thought about it when we had Kevin on the, sh- on the show on Wednesday. I thought, man, it would sure be great to get some more definitive answers. But then also when you're thinking of it through the mind of Kevin Saul, why in the world with, you know, five games left to go in the regular season and the postseason, uh, the conference tournament awaiting? Why would you want to back yourself into a corner? Why would you want to say something definitive right now when they are, I think, to the naked eye at least, it looks like they are um, ascending more than they are descending right now as far as talent is concerned. Why would you want to back yourself into a corner right now? And and as it relates to Jaquan Walton, I don't remember what game it was. It was after one of the games in the last month or so. I remember coming on this program and saying the number one priority – for Wichita State basketball has got to be finding a way to keep Jaquan Walton for next season. And if that's an NIL deal, I mean, that's probably what it's going to end up being. But, you know, finding the money, finding the donor base, finding the opportunities 
for Jaquan Walton to be happy as a shocker because if you've got him returning and you know that he, I mean, that's been probably the best story for Wichita State basketball this season is the emergence of Jaquan Walton. And so keeping him a shocker has got to be priority number one for Isaac Brown and this current staff. And I think that there is something to be said for the job status of Isaac Brown being a little bit tied to the happiness of Jaquan Walton and staying here at Wichita State. I mentioned it yesterday, and I think that it, this it follows up today after this win against Temple. And I still don't know the answer to this. Is it more disappointing? You mentioned, you know, it being a roller coaster season. Is it more disappointing to have a roller coaster season where you can't get on a long sustained run or to go through a long sustained losing streak? And I, I don't know. I, I'm happy that they looked so good against Temple and got a nice road win in the American. But then I'm, of course, like I said before, I also sit back and I just think, what if? What if these other things had happened? I know. What if, you know, and, and so I don't know if it's more disappointing to go back and think, what if, or to just know that they're not going to win these games. And and that's kind of, well, I mean, that's a disappointing it's conundrum. Dis- but it's, it's for sure disappointing that they didn't win the games. But what I've, what I've had a hard time with throughout this season, early on, I had no idea what this team was going to be because we didn't know any of the players, right? So... Then I think, okay, well, this team, you know, for me, talent-wise, and I think if you were getting honest answers from people, is better than they probably thought and maybe even feared it would be. I think that that's absolutely fair and true if you got an honest answer from people. If anybody out there thought that, you know, this late in the season, Wichita State was going to be at 500. Um, that that led Houston into the second half. That you know, whatever you want to say, I, I don't think there were very many people that that thought that, right? Because I remember the conversations before the season. Yeah. So you have to take that. Now they've missed a lot of opportunities with the team that's that capable, and that's you know that goes into the negative column for sure. But they've you know for me they've for sure exceeded expectations. Now if they go. If they go down this stretch, and look, this stretch is ba- is rough, right? You get Memphis at home, then you go back-to-back to Tulane, to Houston, and then you come and finish the season with South Florida. If they go 3-1 and one in that stretch, Tommy, there's almost no way you can slice that this team exceeded its expectations, right? It, I don't it, know it if they're going to go th- – I mean, 3-1, and one, that's no, I know, pretty I know. lofty, right? I know. I know it is. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just throwing scenarios out. So if they go 2-2 two and two and get – you know, and they end up 500 in the league – Okay, I mean, there's a decent chance they go one and three too, right? Because the game against Tulane's on the road, and they got to go to South Florida. And if you look at the standings right now, you're looking at the top three teams in the league that you've got to play in your last four games, along with South Florida, who's you know not been that good. You expect that win at home for sure, but it, it makes it really difficult until we see it play out to evaluate it. If they go at least 500 in the last two, there's almost no way you can slice that they didn't exceed most people's expectations at the beginning of the year. And then you have to think about, okay, well, what if this team had Colby Rogers, who was one of the better shooters, right? Just shooters in the open market, basically. What if he was on this team? How much better could they be? Well, you go back to the early part of the season and you'd probably see a few wins in there, right? When they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. So I I think that it is getting less often that you hear optimistic takes for sure. 
And I get it, right? And it all comes back to what should the expectation for this program be? And and I have no issue with high expectations from one of the better fan bases in the country, more dedicated and and you know, smart and intense fan bases in the country to have really high expectations. But what what has to be careful is not setting them so high that you're always setting yourself up to, you know, not reach those expectations. I want realistic expectations, right? I want to know if Wichita State were to make a change, what does the next thing look like? And and that's where it gets really difficult for me to do anything prior to letting this play out. And the other tricky part is there's not time to let, you know, the recruiting aspect of it play out. I will say that, you know, you've got now, uh, you've got three basically, and three may be unfair. You've had two recruiting class opportunities for Isaac Brown, right? Uh, and, you know, Ricky Council was a really talented player. They got to come in, but they're not bringing in a lot of high school guys. And and I don't know if that's ever going to happen because we're not we're just not seeing it. But the, but the transfer portal guys have been good, right? Like the guys on this roster are talented players, and if they come back, there's going to be a good team next year. So I I just it, it is impossible to for me to make the evaluation now because we just continuously see these things where you're like, this is a good team, and then. This team is not playing as good as it could be. You know, the, those things continuously happen like two or three times a week. So yeah. I, I, I think we just have to wait. I think we just and, and have to yeah, wait. That That's where it's like a 12-round boxing match, right? Like you're you're taking these body blows and, you know, you win one round and then you lose the next one and then you win the next one. And then, you know, and then we're, we're constantly going back and forth on this roller coaster ride of like, all right, yeah. Do they have it now? Can can there be some some sustained success, winning multiple games in a row? You know they've won three or four, right? But you know, of course, that's you know the way in which they've won and barely clinging on to leads in the second half. Uh, of course, like that's going to play into it also. But I'm going to take it a step further. You know, what if they go two and two or three and one down the stretch here in the American, and then they win a couple of games in the tournament? I mean, I wonder how deep in the conference tournament we're looking at a middle-of-the-road shocker team advancing. Uh, Because I think that we both agree that the talent is there on any given night, maybe outside of Houston and probably Memphis. But outside of those two teams— We need to see the next game, right? right. The next game against Memphis at home, we need to see. they They have the talent to beat anybody else in the conference on any given night. In right. a conference tournament, they have the talent to. Doesn't mean that they will, but they have the talent to. So it makes me wonder how deep could they go in the American Conference, depending on how they finish. I think they have to finish strong in the regular season, but how deep could they go in that conference tournament? And then at that point, how much is enough? <sighs> I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know there's, either. There's not an easy. I, I mean, I, if they beat Memphis. And that's the thing. And the, here's what I love about it, right? Because I, I'm just – I'm glad I don't have to be the decision maker. And I know that everyone wants an answer yesterday. I don't think the answer's there yet. And 
if you're the coaching staff and these players, let's say the players do like it here, and that's the that's the piece yeah. we don't really know, right? Let's say they do though, and they love Isaac Brown, and I think that that's the case. But w- let's assume those things, and the coaching staff is ultra competitive because, of course, they are. They're put, you know they're coaching at this level, and it's right there for you, right? You know, like if if you're in that locker room. And it is cohesive and, you know, like it's right there for you. Guys, let's go win the next four, right? And look, realistically, at Houston, probably not happening. But that doesn't mean you can't go in with that mindset. And then let's make a – let's see what we can do in that conference tournament. Because the reality of it is they're as talented as anybody in this league. Well, they're capable of being – playing at a level with anybody in this league, probably outside of Houston and Memphis on their best nights. Yep. And so if that's the case, go get the wins because I don't care how uncomfortable people have been all year. If you're sitting here at the end of the year and this team is, you know, 18, 19 and 13 and finished fourth place in the conference. That's where you have to have really honest conversations about, okay, if that's not good enough, What's going to be good enough, and how realistic is that? Well, that's not good enough overall, but it's I think for in the context of what they are right now. I mean, I right. think that there's the overall expectations of Correct. what Shocker basketball should be year in and year out. That even that scenario doesn't fit that. But in the context of where we are right now this season, I, I think it does. But I'll tell you one thing right now. My final word on this is that it's an extremely critical final four game stretch in the regular season for Wichita state. If they go one and three during the stretch, if they lose to Memphis, Tulane and Houston, it's not happening. It's not happening. No. Right. They've got to yeah. get at least one of those. They've got I mean, to go two right and there. two. I, right. I, they I, have I, to go two and two in this stretch. I don't know that two and two is going to be good enough to, to continue. I, I okay, don't. so at minimum, so, they've got. I mean, three and one is probably. I mean, you know, at that point, I think that's you feel. But decent, but I but, think, but I do think it's fair to say three and one is. You know, I, I get made fun of at at work for using the term game changer, but three and one could be a game changer on the narrative yeah. here. And and you know, I I think at minimum it's got to be that probably, but the good news is you got it in front of you if you're the team, and and it it is a. Man, it is such a fascinating because there's there's perception and there's reality, right? There's the perception that they've got to go do something else and bec- you know get back to the good old days, and there's the reality of okay, can you do that though? And and you know, I, I don't. You've got to you've got to get it right. It's just it's hard. And and look, change can be a great thing too, but it can be a scary thing. And the Shockers get a big win last night, and they get a week. To sit on it, get better, and then try to get Memphis at home, which would just be make things really, really interesting if they can get that one. 869-1240, Shocker fans, what'd you think? Uh, we'll continue here on Sports Daily. A couple other stories to get to. Let's talk about that Super Bowl turf. We're getting some, you know, insight fallout of some of the worst playing field conditions we've ever seen. We'll go over those next on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, celebrates their victory in the big game with a special offer for sports fans. Sign up using code JACOB, J-A-C-O-B, and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks for Chiefs fans. Sign up today with bonus code JACOB, J-A-C-O-B, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Kansas only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back into Sports Daily, everybody. Uh, Speaking of the big game, the Super Bowl, the turf continues to stay in the news. Tommy, it was awful. Um, I guess the only good news is it was awful for everybody, right? Didn't really affect one team more than the other. It's probably a contributing factor to why we didn't have any sacks in the game. Um, you know, and, and now we get the blame game, right? How does this happen? You had, uh, you had Toma who I've interviewed and is a great dude done grass for every Super Bowl. He's 94 years old. He was really excited about this because he thought that it was a, you know, a turf that it was as good as he'd ever seen. Didn't play out that way. Turns out Oklahoma State is where this turf came from, has been bragging up before the game about how great this turf is, and then that happens, and now they're like, whoa, 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 that wasn't because our turf's not good. right? Our turf's great. Something happened from the NFL's end, and they cited that the turf is used in every Philadelphia Eagles home game, including the NFC Championship, and it held up fine. I don't know what happened here. Toma told the KC station that the league spent about three-quarters of a million dollars on that field. It is a great mystery as to how or why this happened, Tommy. Like they've been, they had been working on that grass for something like a year or two years, growing it, grooming it. I don't know what happened, but you can't let that happen. And I love Toma, but I don't know why we're not playing Super Bowls on on artificial turf, right? Really, I don't. At this point in the NFL. I don't know why I don't know why we're not playing all our games on artificial turf. I mean, I'd have to defer to the players on that on, you know, do they is there still great value in playing on grass? The problem is anytime we have these issues, we've seen it in Chicago in the preseason pretty consistently, like there's turf issues. And and the biggest problem with it is it lends itself to injuries. Thank goodness we didn't have any in the Super Bowl, but slippery playing conditions, man, that that leads to bad injuries. 
Yeah, that that's the biggest thing about this entire thing is that uh, it, it's not just the fact that it looked bad or that you know players were slipping and couldn't wrap up maybe the way that they wanted to or get their their footing the way that they wanted to. It's the fact that it could have caused significant injuries. I mean, we're talking blown out knees and you know different things like that uh, if they can't grab on with their cleats onto the grass. And so it, that absolutely cannot happen again. Uh, you know, especially for the biggest game on the planet cannot happen again. It shouldn't happen for any NFL game. Shouldn't happen for any game at that level, but it for sure cannot happen again on the biggest stage when you've got, you know, the highest viewed television program every single year that that just can't happen. And so I don't know where the blame lies. Really. It's probably a combination of all of the above. It might be a little bit on the grass it might be a little bit on the NFL, might be a little bit on George Toma. I don't know. Uh, it's probably a combination of all of the above, but regardless of that, they've got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, it won't. I would be surprised if it does. I think whatever the remedy is. And that's the thing about Toma. Like, he's done every Super Bowl. So you can't, like, it's not like he's changed his routine, right? I, I don't know where this thing got lost in translation. Um, but. It is interesting, and it was interesting to see Oklahoma State, who was like, hey, look at us, everybody. We made this turf, Super Bowl turf. Yeah, grass is so good. And they quickly be like, whoa, 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 that wasn't us. Like, that's not our fault. Well, hang on. Thank you. No, 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 no. Like, I just I, – I picture being in that room and how, like, terrifying a feeling that is. If you're – you know, whatever whatever person is responsible on campus and they're like, hey, we got to get – hey, listen, guys, we got a great PR opportunity. Our turf's out there at the Super Bowl – Let's really beat our chest on this and make sure everybody knows about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, we got this thing going, and we're bragging, and we're bragging. And then about through the first quarter, you're like, guys, that that field looks like crap. Like mm -hmm. we gotta let's we get instantly like the you know the agriculture department's PR department goes into instant like crisis mode <laughs> at that moment. Like, no, we have to fix this. This was not us. And you we, know, it's uh, funny. Like if my, my whole thought, uh, and that, this has nothing to do with the the quality of the turf, but you remember that uh, that Snickers commercial uh, back in the '90s with the the guy painting the field. You know, looks great. Yeah, the but who chefs. are the chefs? Yeah, uh, that, that's my probably. You know, the guy's like, oh, good grief! I can't believe I made that mistake. I'm sure that's probably the the reaction, at least that that the groundskeepers were having in that time. Like, oh God, what what did we do? What happened? I, I everybody has to be having that reaction like the, and I, I, I feel bad. I really do. Like yeah. the second this happened, I was like, God, those poor people who are going to try to have to take the blame for this because and think about how big of a, a, a deal it would be. I mean, it's we're talking about it right now, but think about nationally how big of a deal it would have been if somebody from either team had blown their knee I out. And, and that's that's the reality of it and why it is a serious story. But. Thank goodness that didn't happen. But, like, think about that. Your proudest moment, or one of, instantly going up in flames like that before everybody's eyes. Like, that would – I can't even imagine that feeling. Like, oh, no. Man, what a what a storyline. Again, it affected both teams equally. So I, And that's good. Like, you haven't heard, like, oh, that's why they won. You know, so-and-so did. I, no, both teams were slipping and sliding around. And honestly, I thought it affected the Chiefs. Just my eyes told me, like, 
the Chiefs aren't adjusting to this as well as the Eagles are because in the second half, at least early on, it, it kind of looked like the Eagles had a better grasp of it, right? They were We had the report from the sideline that they were all changing their you know, their cleats to try and get a better feel, and the Chiefs just kept slipping and sliding. And, you know, it was a factor in the game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it, it played <laughs> it played a role. Um, and and it's it just a storyline I did not see coming. Uh, another NFL storyline here. Um Alvin Kamara indicted on two criminal charges uh, following that fight in Las Vegas. So now we got to see how this plays out. He was arrested, you remember, you know, right after the Pro Bowl last year. It didn't affect him this year as the legal situation played out. Um, the You know, the victim said he was trying to get in on an elevator and and then there was a fight or something. And there's video of it that kind of backs it up. So Kamara faces this grand jury now indictment. There's a civil lawsuit that he's filed. Uh, Kamara's group, you know, kind of beat him up when he was on the ground. Man, I don't know. Um, I I think Kamara's in some real trouble here. His court date is March 2nd. I think this year we'll see Kamara miss games for sure. Yeah, it's not just Alvin Kamara, though. It's Chris Lamons who was on the Chiefs team until the Bengals claimed him off of waivers during the playoffs. Uh, Now he's a a Cincinnati Bengal, but he was a Kansas City Chief, uh, and he was indicted as well with Alvin Kamara and two other men. Uh, This is a a serious thing. When you get indicted by a grand jury, uh, that means that there is sufficient evidence to prosecute. Uh, This is not just an accusation, uh, and we we see it, it happens fairly frequently. Like We talked about Joe Mixon uh, a few weeks ago that he was charged or whatever, he was arrested, and then um, everything kind of went away. This is actually a grand jury indicting these four men, saying that there is enough evidence to prosecute. And so I think that we could be seeing a a fairly significant suspension, uh, penalties, all of that uh, for these two guys that are are part of the NFL. Well, and, you know, the the thing about it is it's not like – this is just a civil lawsuit, right? It's not just somebody can pay somebody for this to go away at this point. No, now now there are real charges. And so, you know, for Kamara, a guy who played at Hutch, um, a guy who was very, you know, from all accounts that I've heard, very well liked there, uh, just kind of kept to himself, got took care of his business before moving on to, to you know, higher-level college football. But number one, he may see, you know, significant – you know, like jail time for this, I would imagine. Um, and then after that, he almost certainly will be suspended by the league. So that's a really interesting development for one of the more talented running backs in football. Uh, I'm sure it's going to cost him lots and lots and lots and lots of money, both in salary and in, you know, a civil lawsuit, if there really is the ample video evidence to support the, you know, the victim's claims here. Uh, but that, that news did come. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Um, let's hit Kelsey to Saturday Night Live. We also have Eric Bieniemy news again today, and then we got to get you ready for a college basketball weekend. Plenty to come here on Sports Daily on the number one sports station, Wichita KFH. Travis Kelsey, SNL, Tommy. Uh, I mean, come on. It, it, 
it's a no-brainer for SNL, right? Like, at this point, if you had to... Because here's the thing. Like, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, is the biggest celebrity. But this podcast now for Kelsey... I mean, Kelsey's more charismatic. Kelsey's, Kelsey's, you know, silky smooth with a microphone in his hand. You see the wrestling stuff. I mean, if he doesn't make an appearance on WWE, WWE's not doing its job, right? Like, all this stuff. Like, he, he's going to be, when the time comes, as, as hot a television commodity as there is. What's your instant reaction to, to Kelsey to SNL? I think it's going to be hilarious. And, and when you look at the other uh, NFL players that have made appearances and hosted SNL, we're talking J.J. Watt, uh, Peyton Manning. Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Those are the names that have hosted Saturday Night Live. You add Travis Kelsey to that, and, and he's got the, the stage presence. He loves the camera, loves the microphone, all of that stuff. Uh, I, I think it's going to be great, and I wonder how many different cameos we're going to see. Like, are we going to see Patrick Mahomes? Are we going to see Jason Kelsey? Will Mama Kelsey be on SNL? Will Andy Reid make an appearance? I think there are all of these different ideas where you can end up having some pretty special cameos. It is, and and I will say this, SNL also missed a tremendous opportunity, and if there's not a guest appearance or some collaboration now with Jason Kelsey, they they haven't been paying attention, right? Yeah. Or or Travis Kelsey's mom, right? Like if you right. if if SNL doesn't take advantage of that, then they're then they're screwing this up, right? It, and I think it tells not... me. By the way, I think I think the other thing that makes this so incredible is it shows that the Chiefs are not only on the top of the football world, but they're on top of the world in general right now, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I, it is. I mean, it, it it is fun to see, and I don't think Chiefs fans take this for granted. I really don't, and I hope they never do, because you don't, you know, as sports fans, you just don't really get this kind of thing ever. You know, mo most teams don't ever get this kind of thing. And you've got it now, and and you're going to continue to have it for a little while, and it's amazing. And, you know, for Kelsey, and they've just been such good stewards, Kelsey Mahomes, of the Chiefs, the Chiefs fan base, um, you know, of the organization, just absolutely invaluable to everything about the region here. And so... Yeah, look, you're gonna, we're we're all going to tune in. We're all going to watch Kelsey. I think it will be funny. You said it's going to be hilarious. I think that is probably an unreasonable bar because no, I don't I think know it's how often be hilarious. How often is Saturday Night Live hilarious anytime nowadays? Well, I mean, come on, like they, they've got they, they've got some talent on that show now. I'm is not saying they good? don't. No, 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 no. Is I'm not saying it's it not good. Be? I don't know, but I'm not going to be a hater on Saturday. That's not what I meant by that. I I just mean like. I think, and maybe it is to the next generation what it was to us in, you know, past generations in its original iteration in the glory days, right, of the early 90s for our generation. I don't think it's that, and I think, by the way, I think that's an impossible bar to reach because I don't think comedy works that way anymore. But... And I'm not, I'm not asking the question because I'm saying Saturday Night Live isn't funny. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live... I've watched it one time, probably, if I'm being honest, 
I think I've watched it one time in the last five, six years, and it was when Chappelle was on there. I mean, that's it. Really? So that's it. I'm not a good gauge of it anyway because I, I don't consume it really anymore. Um, but I'm sure that it's funny. Is so it here, as can't where, miss as it used to right. be? No. And so I don't want to put that pressure on Travis Kelsey. It's not as can't miss as it used to be solely because you don't have to watch it in its moment to be able to see the funny things, right? That's like, true. There have been there are a few times that I will sit back and like if there's a host. Okay, so my wife is a, a major Austin Butler fan who played Elvis. Uh, he yeah, hosted a few was. weeks ago. He hosted a few weeks ago, and like she wanted to watch it like in the moment, like had it DVR'd, wanted to watch it. But then most episodes, like I might go on YouTube and watch a clip the next morning, and you know that sort of thing. So it's not as like must see TV or sit back and can't miss TV as it used to be. Yeah, but I, I just don't want to put the expectation because there is this narrative now that it's not funny anymore. And again, I'm not saying that. I don't know. But I don't want to put that pressure on Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey's not going to write his jokes, right? Like he's no. not. And so, uh, you know, I, I I honestly think like I don't I hope he doesn't run into this bar where everyone's going to think he's going to be as good as Peyton Manning was because Peyton Manning was one of the best guest hosts they've ever had. Like that even seems a little unreasonable to me doesn't take anything away from how good at this Travis Kelsey probably is, but I hope that it's not like this. Everyone, you know, the other possibility too is everyone watches it and it's not funny and they laugh anyway because the Chiefs can do no wrong right now. So it's Kelsey's gonna be probably, Kelsey's gonna be probably pretty safe. I, look, I think it's going to be funny too, but yeah. I'm telling you right now, if SNL doesn't in some way incorporate at least Jason Kelsey, they're, they're, they're missing, they're going to, and maybe Jason Kelsey's not. Jason Kelsey may say, "Hell no!" Like get get that well, away you know, from and me. If he does, then I think that there's a, a perfect scenario for one of the cast members to dress up to like Jason play, Kelsey, yes, with the yes. big thick beard and the oh, big yeah. thick eyebrows. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that would work out well. Well, here's why SNL's getting it right because I think everyone will tune in, right? Like it, we're all watching that. Even even yeah. not Chiefs fans, like Kelsey's become a big enough star now that we're all tuning in. And and look. You couldn't do this with Patrick Mahomes. I, I love Mahomes. No. Mahomes is a great character. But you couldn't do this with, with Patrick Mahomes. This is a Kelsey thing, and it's the right guy to do. And I, it, I want it, him to I'm bring excited. Eric Stone Street on for a cameo playing Andy Reid's brother. Like, I would, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, man. I'm going back through a rewatch of Modern Family. That show is so dang good, and he is so dang good. I love it. And they uh, could bring it on. Like, they could bring on Paul Rudd. They could bring on Rob Riggle. Jason Sudeikis could come back. Like, they've got they've got true. some star power that our Chiefs fans, they can come into if they need to. Well, and those are all, those are all Kelsey's boys, too. Like, yeah. I, I think those guys are all pretty tight, so maybe he could get that pulled off. And then and then he wins, right? But even those guys you just mentioned, that all those guys were really post my Saturday Night Live time. Like, I, I love all those guys now, but I didn't really see them on Saturday Night Live. Like, I, so, again, I'm not... I'm not going to make a judgment call on Saturday Night Live. I don't watch it anymore, but I will watch this one. 869-1240 is the number to call. Eric Bieniemy News. We'll get you ready for college basketball weekend. Plenty to come in hour number two of Sports Daily. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.